The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We live in a fast-paced, hectic world where it is easy to feel overwhelmed, stressed, and out of control. How do you manage all the competing pressures without losing your sense of yourself? How do you stay focused enough to not only plot a path, but follow it? Welcome to Master Your Life, a show that offers inspiration, insight, and intelligence, as well as success stories for many walks of life that can show you how you can control your own destiny. Our knowledgeable and entertaining hosts and their guests give practical advice that you can use every day in the quest to master your life. Now, here are your hosts, Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin. Welcome to Master Your Life. I'm Dr. Howard Rankin, along with my co-host, Leah Mattinson, in the show that gives you insight, inspiration, and intelligence. Uh, How have you been this week, Leah? What's going on? Oh, well, as usual, (laughs) the week's been smack dab full of fun and shenanigans at at our place. Uh, This week, I'm taking care of uh, our grandson, Isaac, who is two and a half years old, and that uh, has kind of just uh, reopened my eyes once again to the magnificence of little children and how um, uh, often we get caught up as adults in feeling like we have to do, do, do a whole bunch of things in order to have any uh, value in the world. And just when I spend time with him, what I find is that um, it's just being, just being a human being and enjoying the reverence of the time together uh, and not really, you don't have to produce a whole lot in order to see, you know, just how much love little people have for themselves. And so I've uh, just been really enjoying time with him. And I'm sure, you know, the people who are listening who are grandparents or maybe even possibly parents can <laughs> remember back to the time when their kids were little. And uh, uh, I just would like to focus and talk a little bit about this week about how do we get back to that real sense of self-love and self-worth. And you do a lot of that work um, in your work and writing with individuals too, Howard, correct? Yes, and I'm reminded, I forget who the marriage therapist, a famous one many years ago, came up with a great line who said that adults are merely obsolete children. Um, and, and, you know, I think partly what you're getting at here is that, that journey from childhood to adulthood, um, can be, can be transforming, but it can also be transforming in a very negative way of, of taking the natural joy and love of a child and turning it inside out. And uh, I know that that is something that both of us are very, very aware of, very, uh, you know, work a lot with. And I know that you do and you're starting programs to help people with their self-perceptions because that's what gets changed. Right. Yeah. And I, what I think is fantastic and about the whole um, aging process and maturing process will hope that those go hand in hand. <laughs> <laughs> for some of us, it's a little longer in the tooth than others <laughs> until we get to the place right. where we think maybe we've reached 
reached some maturity. And I laugh when I talk to my mom, who's, you know, just slightly older than me. She, she says, you know, I feel like I know less now than I've ever known in my life. But our programs uh, at Real Life Training, uh, we really find... Um, 20 years ago, when we were doing this, you know, work to help people to transform challenges in their life, it really was about how do you set a new goal and how do you, you know, meet the goal every day and how do you, you know, and usually that included something to do with what they were eating and what they were physically doing every day, like going to the gym. And that that has changed so dramatically now uh, in our practice, it it's just phenomenal. So when we go to do workshops or retreats or webinars for people, we really focus more on how do we develop that um, you know sense of self love and getting out of our way, and that it is not a measurement of performance. It right. it's something that just existed right. from the time that we were very little, and it's helping people to remember that. So it's a very different uh, approach than I think what most people are um, uh, involved in, with in their lives right now yeah and your mom is made a very wise comment about wisdom i mean the point about wisdom is recognizing what you don't know and as you get older i think you realize that you realize that perceptions beliefs all of that are as much about storytelling and influence as they are about truth and uh, a more accurate perception and you know it's scary for people to believe that actually you don't really have that much control you don't there's a ton of stuff you don't know and that's kind of scary so we like to think we're really smart well you can be cognitively smart but that doesn't make you wise because wisdom is about recognizing what you don't know three of the most uncommon words in the english language probably any language are i don't know uh, but nobody wants to make that, you know, that sounds, oh, well, I can't say that because then it looks like I'm an idiot. Actually, yes. it means you're really wise. Yes. And I think that's really come as a result of our, our culture in uh, North America and, you know, the more Western developed nations. I think the uh, just influence of, of, you know, if you don't know something, then there's something wrong with you. If you don't have an immediate answer to things, then there's, you know, you don't know your stuff well enough. And we've lost the natural curiosity that I definitely find when I work with people of other, from other cultures is they ask a lot more questions, a lot more curious, um, and they even ask questions of the kids. And uh, it's very different than sitting at a table with people who, like, quote, unquote, know it all. And there's all these parallel conversations going on versus when people are actually really interested in what other people's thoughts and perceptions and ideas and experiences are, uh, which from my perspective or my point of view is just has uh, is much more enriching. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you go to something, you know, hopefully with an open, open mind mm-hmm. uh, that you go with it. Yeah, I have an idea about this, but. I want to learn here is a gift this person is giving me a, a different perspective. It doesn't mean I completely agree with it or I or or anything like that, but I want to hear it. I want to I want to see that because that adds to my perception and wisdom of how something might be perceived because there's a gazillion ways of doing that. And that's what uh, has been lost. Tragically, I think in society today, you could argue it's, you know, technology and social media, but for whatever reason, a lot of that has been lost. You only have to look at um, the news and politics and TV shows to see that 
really what people feel they have to do now is establish a position and establish that they are right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that ends any worthwhile discussion on the topic if you're if you set out to prove you're right. Right. <laughs> and you just did. Just kidding. No. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> I, am right. <laughs> I am right. I am right all the time. And the, and the more right that I think I am, the more I find, you know, 24 or 48 hours later that, gee, I wish I wouldn't have said anything. <laughs> there's the other humbling experience yes. as we get well, more materials. Oh, gee, well, at least, didn't. Well, at least, you're, <laughs> at least you're aware of that. Uh, <laughs> You know, since I've been working on the stuff and, you know, I think therefore I'm wrong stuff, you know, I'm really mindful of that. I can catch myself now, my mind making up all sorts of stories about this, that, and the other. And I say, wait a minute, you're probably wrong. You're just running with this with absolutely no evidence whatsoever. Stop. It's a waste of time. And not only is it a waste of time, your point in the bigger and perhaps more important picture is it can be very damaging to self because, mm-hmm. you know, fake, we talked about this yesterday, fake news can become fake views and those views are about yourself. Where do you get them? Um, what evidence is there for them? And that really can be very destructive. And I know you're trying to help people with that. Yeah, and I, and there's multiple levels of this, the fake view of, of ourselves and you know, how attached we get to labels and that by having a label of some kind that gives us either some special authority or an out um, from doing something, you know. So we're we're very attached to our labels and and some of them are great if we're doing, you know, the best that we can. And I think we are all just doing the best that we can every single day for the most part is um, recognizing that a label doesn't necessarily make us good at something or bad at it either. Uh, I know lots of, you know, moms mm-hmm. who feel like they are, you know, super moms and that they need to be super moms and, you know, that you're not a super mom unless you're doing, um, having a job, raising three kids, uh, you know, taking care of your husband, taking care of the house, also taking care of outside duties, volunteering on 52 committees and, you, you know, and sewing all of the costumes for everything that your kids are involved in. Then you're right. a quote unquote good mom and you're sitting there waiting for all of your friends to judge you about um, the level of goodness that you are or are not in that role or that label. And you go to bed at night thinking like, holy moly, I've never, I'm never going to reach this. Um, and you worry at night when you go to bed. And conversely, if you're the quote unquote, you know, bad mom, yeah, <laughs> you also mm. can't do anything, right? So you can't talk about how much struggle you have in that right. role because you don't want anyone to perceive that you're actually doing a lousy job or that you feel crappy about it. So... We've got right. these, you know, labels and and positions in our culture that that we've, you know, dr- you know, come up with the, the constructs of what it either means to be good or bad at whatever the particular thing is, and we've completely lost sight of the fact that we're all just human beings, you know, yep. at the basis of it. We're, you know, not masculine, not feminine, not men, not women, not moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas, like all of that stuff are constructs, and that if we kind of take it back to the base of just being a human being, what would it look like to be really a happy, successful, like successful being, just loving yourself, human? Yeah, and I think that's true. And the problem is, again, it comes back to very simplistic processing. So 
um, oh, if somebody is not doing all of those things, the perception is either by them or other people, the simple perception is, well, they're wrong, they're bad, they're whatever, negative. And they, they may be different. They probably have something very useful to say, positive or negative, about how to perceive a very complex role like motherhood. Mm-hmm. And... You know, it's it's that simplistic perception. I have one piece of information about somebody, therefore I'm going to judge them, which is, you know, shame on you, really. <laughs> Seriously, right? Right. Well, I, I, but I think it also the simplistic information is that sometimes we get so complex in things that we also don't just come back to the simplicity of mm-hmm. what would you act like? What would you what would you be like in your own skin if you actually just loved yourself? How would you actually be as a mom if you actually just really loved yourself, like yourself emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally? What would all your activities look like coming from a position of true self-love? Uh, it, it would it is a much simpler thing when you have those stakes in the ground um, internally. You're not kind of, uh, um, what's it called? It's like you're not flipped around by every thought and idea that comes mm-hmm. at you. Uh, so your, how you come out in the world and how you give love and have boundaries in any role that you're in comes from a position of high positive self-regard. And the high positive self-regard or high love is also loving other people the same as you love yourself and understanding that, you know, this interconnected of that we're all one. So you're the same as me. And mm-hmm. we used to Correct. teach this years ago, you know, um, and, and it was took a different form, but it'd be like if you're being passive or if you're being assertive, you know, the little bubble, big bubble thing. But if mm-hmm. those bubbles were the same size, then how would you actually communicate with each other? Um, and. And so kind of coming back to the bubbles of, of what size is your bubble. And then ha- if my bubble is, if I believe that everybody is the same size as me, if everyone is worth um, the same amount of love and positive regard that I have for myself, then how do I treat myself and how do I treat them? I, no, I think that's right. And it's a perspective that uh, a lot of people either aren't aware of or don't have the time for, haha. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because they're too busy mm-hmm. to work out why they're too busy. Um, and to, it, it's very interesting going back to children because obviously they don't, uh, certainly earlier in life, they don't have some of this. And, you know, it's interesting. I was looking at some of the neurological research on kids and the binary brain. And, and kids don't have a binary brain in the sense that they don't understand why you would artificially divide it's either this or that. So mm-hmm. if you say to a, a child, well, you can have the cookies or the ice cream, they don't understand that. And it's not a question of being <laughs> greedy. It's not a question of being greedy. They just don't understand the artificial division, right? Why, why can't I have that? Because they don't see the world in binary brain choices. And so, because the interpretation of that is, oh, it's funny, kids are greedy. But actually, it's part of how they think. They have not learned to do artificially divide and simplify the world. And that's where their wonder and our wonder about them comes in, I think. Yeah. Yes. And, and I think it's interesting, the whole greed perspective is when a child says, yes, I'll have both they would only have both until they are full. Like they, they wouldn't. Yeah. Ha- they, <laughs> they 
wouldn't have both and like have both and have both and have both until they're engorged <laughs> and can't, you know, like they, mm-hmm. their little brains right. actually are fully capable of going, yeah, I can have all of that. And I know when enough of that is enough for me. Yeah. So I think that's right. it's, yeah, <laughs> they're amazing. We went out to the garden this morning, um, Isaac and I, and we picked peas uh, together and carrots together and, uh, he was shelling little peas in the garden, so he's two and a half, and we're shelling the peas together in the garden so he can have some, and he can see them in the pea pods, and he's, well, Grandma, can I have that one? So he's just starting to understand kind of the whole gardening concept, and he goes, well, can I have one? And I opened it up for him, and, uh, and I said, okay, well, I just need to pick a few more, and then he said, well, can I have another one? Yeah, for sure, so I opened it up and gave him another one, and, he, and then he said, okay, can I have one more? Yeah, there's another one. I thought, man, he's going to just keep on eating, and he totally didn't. He said, he opened the next one, and he said, here, Grandma, I'm going to have these two peas, and here, can you have these ones? And then he didn't actually open anymore. That hmm, interesting, yeah. He, yeah, yeah he, <laughs> and, he was, and he had a carrot when we got up to the house, but he's, yeah, they just, they like graze, and they ask for what they want, um, hmm. but I never see him over-consume stuff. Um, right. Yeah, so yeah. he's got, they've got some little thing in place where it's okay to have it all, and they know when enough is enough for them. This is for me. This is not for me. Uh, I think it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah very. yeah. very interesting in the sense that they don't have those those judgments about, oh, if I, have, I can't have too much because, you know, it's just natural. The brain tells them, hey, you've had enough to eat. That's fine. <laughs> and it's not, yes. you know, it's not overburdened with all these judgments and ideas and perceptions. Mm-hmm. Fascinating stuff. We can come back on the other side of Master Your Life. We'll continue the conversation about self-worth, self-love, and growing up, I guess. <laughs> If you've been searching for fat loss and mental clarity in one place, think ketosis. Maybe you've heard about a ketogenic diet but have been totally turned off by the painstaking effort to do it. Well, agonize no longer because there is a solution. What could be just as simple and easy as taking your daily vitamins? Visit reallifetraining.expert to find out. Raise your hand and get in on the front end of the total wellness revolution. Get well, manage your mood, clear your mind. Visit reallifetraining.expert now. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. You are tuned in to Master Your Life. To reach Leah Mattinson or her guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Leah. That's L-E-A-H-A at changeyourlife.expert. Now, 
back to Master Your Life. Welcome back to Master Your Life. I'm Dr. Howard Rankin, along with Leah Mattinson on the show that gives you insight, intelligence, and inspiration. And today we're talking about, in a way, we're talking about growing up. We're talking about the loss of natural self-love um, and how these influences can change your perceptions and, and completely influence your your thoughts and your behavior your entire life. And, and Leah was talking about her programs for helping people reconnect with a love of themselves, not in an egotistical way, but, you know, when we're talking about love, we're talking about respect for yourself, recognizing that you need to, um, that you're important, that everyone has value, nobody's more important than anyone else. Um, so, Leah, what other thoughts do you have on that? Yeah, I think think I'll pick up on that. I think that's really important for people to uh, get back to not feeling ashamed of their own journey or, um, you know, looking at what they do with a sense of guilt and that they're not enough. And, And in our culture, it definitely is that if you're the best and brightest and doing things earlier than everyone else, um, not only are you supported to uh, and feel like you're more advanced than everybody else, but we we all give more credit to people who perform by our social standards higher than other people. So, um, yeah, I just think that it's a great example of the, we were talking during the break about uh, university students who get to university earlier than everybody else, or, you know, athletes that are super athletic um, earlier in their life than anybody else, or people that play NHL level hockey, or you know, people who make the um, major league baseball teams. Those, all of that stuff is great, but it isn't. It's no more great than being a great stay-at-home mom. Correct. Correct. And and honestly, uh, um, this is meant to be. Um, and, and, I hope people don't misinterpret this is really meant to be in praise of women. What more important job is there than mom? I don't think there is one. Um, <laughs> seriously. I, I really seriously don't. And so that's a good that's a good point that oh I'm just you hear people say, Well, I'm a just a stay at home mom. That's not just about it. That that may be the most important thing you can do. So um it's really interesting in this this almost demonizing of people who don't fit the educational system is a crime. It's a disaster. Our education system is so antiquated and needs a total overhaul. I'm sure you have seen, actually, I know you have. Yeah. And I have seen kids who put themselves down just because they don't fit the education system. And what do I mean by education system? To be good in the education system, you need to be, have good verbal skills and a great memory, a good verbal memory. And if you yes. do, you'll do fine. But if you have great visual skills and a visual memory, but not the others, you're going to na- label yourself as a failure. You might be labeled ADD or some other diagnosis. Um, you know, what's that about? I mean, I, I, I remember distinctly having this conversation with a young man who's probably 13 or 14 who really had self-esteem issues. He wasn't good in class, but he was brilliant with his hands and mechanically. And I had to say, to, I mean, I had to get, talk to him endlessly till he got it. That, okay, yes. I'm not good at this and that, but yeah, I've got a skill and talent. And I should not be ashamed of that, but yeah. we do it and all I- the time. 
Yes. And from my experience, and I hate to age myself, but 30 years ago, I was the youth counselor for a school division and had my, it was like the eye-opening experience of going to the school and there being one child on Ritalin. And by the time three years later had passed, there was 80 kids in the school division on Ritalin in three, in three years. And that, and that's 30 years ago. And that has just um, exponentially grown as our inability ability to help our children navigate through their lives without being drugged up and ourselves not being drugged up, um, mm-hmm. being part of our actual overall um, enjoyment of life. We, we've, we've become so disattached from living a joyful life, which is actually why we're here. Like, um, you know, be, to be connected with love, human beings, I think the purpose on earth for human beings is to be that divine fingertip of God, like to show on earth and that's not a religious statement it's mm. I think most people in the world would say that they believe that they come from something else um, and, and so to go what am I what's my expression of God and going right back to watching these little ones that's the expression of God before something gets a hold of them <laughs> called our culture <laughs> I think that's exactly exactly yeah. right and as Sir Kenneth Robinson has this wonderful if people are looking at you know kind of getting a better understanding of what we're talking about, Sir Kenneth Robinson on TED Talks. You can just Google search that. And he's got this great little 10-minute or 20-minute um, presentation about sort of our education system and how it has numbed kids out over the years and what it's ended up producing, but why it came into existence in the first place. But you get this little great education that's a whiteboard show, and if you've got 20 minutes, it might be the best 20 minutes that you have to invest in your own life and in your kid's life um, that you'll spend <laughs> uh, just uh, opening up your mind to this whole uh, numbing out of ourselves and our kids. So just that's an aside, but a shout out for Sir Kenneth Robinson's work because it's wonderful. And and then back to what we're doing at uh, Real Life Training uh, is really focusing in and helping parents, uh, kids, parents, human beings that don't necessarily have kids to come back into alignment of love for themselves. Um, and we had a friend that's had been attending, I know lots of people have attended self-help courses throughout the last, you know, 30, 40 years now, going to um, different, um, you know, retreats and workshops and seminars. And, and lots of times it's about, you know, how, how little sleep you can get, how much dancing you can do and how much love you can get from other people which is completely um, not what we do. <laughs> we do, how do, you actually, how do you actually tap into self-love? Uh, and not how do you get love from other people, but how do you create love within yourself? Yeah, so you don't do dancing lessons, is that? N- no. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> and no, and nor do we do sleep deprivation. I know people are sometimes <laughs> fans of that, but it goes no. against everything neurological that I know uh, yep. is about wellness for people. So we don't do that no <laughs> well good okay. good 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 yes sleep <laughs> deprivation is a huge issue we'll talk about it on another show but yes. the, the the development of your self-worth is, is is really critical obviously it comes from the family network and your parent parenting and the parents parenting that you get uh, and then goes in through your social network and then as you rightly say through the culture and you know honestly do we really live in a culture that encourages people i don't think so uh, and in fact i get almost affronted when people say <laughs> not, not to me i'm taking me out of this equation and they say oh you're awesome 
you know, they usually they throw that word around. Um, and when you look at what they really mean by that, it's, it's not what we're talking about, you know? It's just a word thrown around. It's not what we're talking about. It's not authentic. And I think being authentic is what you're talking about. Um, how do you find that? How do you get rid of the shackles of, you know, misperceptions, other people's ideas, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, I th- and I think we've had some wonderful guests on the show that have sh- sort of highlighted some of the pathways to how do you actually find the love within yourself. And majority of Eastern cultures and older spiritual traditions really use meditation as the way to kind of finding love for the self. And lots of people go, oh, meditation, oh, that's too hard for me, or I don't understand, mm-hmm. or it's too woo-woo, or, um, <laughs> or that's just too far out for me. Um, you know, 30 years ago, again, I think people got a little um, put off by transcendental meditation and not understanding the, the culture of love that they saw that was very far away from the culture, the mainstream culture. And so people who might have entertained doing meditation uh, at that time, lots of them just went, no, that's not for me. Uh, meditation is all a whole wide variety of forms of, of things that all bring us back to this center self and, and tapping into our own inner voice. Again, so that we're learning how to trust ourselves and trust our own inner wisdom instead of going to external um, forces. So that whole coming back to the when somebody tells me I'm awesome, that that would be important to me is because mm-hmm. I'm looking for the external um, right, somebody to right. pat me on the back or give me a sticker that says, you know, gold star, good job. <laughs> right. And then right. that's how I feel good. Uh, mm-hmm. Meditation is a way to come internally and give yourself kind of the gold star and the sticker and the, you know, um, find the awesomeness within yourself. Because again, you understand that other people have the same awesome within them. So it's not about elevating yourself higher than somebody else. It's about understanding that your internal love and excellence is the same as everybody else's. Yeah, and and what that meditation does is it disconnects you from the external and allows you to focus on the internal, which honestly many people in the society never do. I mean, it's all externally oriented. This is one of the problems with technology, you know. Instead of sitting and thinking, you're on Facebook and chatting with people and all of that. And that's okay, but there's got to be time for some recognition of you internally, not defined by external activities and what the culture says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so do you create time every day to do that, Howard? I try. Um, yeah, I'm, fortunately, I'm in a position where I, I'm, I'm busy and I do a lot of work and I work hard and I work a lot of hours, but I can choose the time that I work. So that's actually important. Um, and so I try each day. I'm not always successful, I'll be honest, but I try each day for some of that time, just like I make time for exercise. Now, interestingly, I find that you can combine a sort of exercising and you can almost meditate as you're exercising. <laughs> um, because let's face it, when you're walking or jogging, you don't have to pay attention about putting one foot in front of the other and breathe. That's a natural process. And particularly if you're doing that in a natural environment, what are you going to do with your mind while you're exercising? 
And in fact, I've done that with, with people in the past. They said, oh, I really, I'm not really an exerciser. And I say, okay, here's what I'm going to get you to do. I want you to walk, you know, from here to, you know, 600 yards to the end of the road and back. Now, while you're walking, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about this. This is a thinking exercise and you just happen to be moving at the same time. Um, and for me, um, part of the value of exercising, it's not the same as sitting and meditating, but part of the value of exercising is I do get into that brain state that is creative more internally, a disconnect from the external. And honestly, I've had some of my best ideas um, and, and inspirations while I've been exercising. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that is one way that, that people that people get to the doorway of getting quiet as they go through the exercise doorway first. <laughs> yep, I think so that's yeah, yeah, and and uh, definitely I remember years ago when I first had my genetic status for the Huntington's thing. I hit the gym really hard um, for five years straight and was you know on a ketogenic you know nutrition plan for five years and without a cheat day and definitely had some great. Um, inspirations that was you know inspired to write my book Silver Linings, which would have not happened had I not gone through that whole mm-hmm. transition. I, th- I think also the realization that again I needed to be doing something in order for myself to get quiet, which is just it's in juxtaposition to one another. Mm-hmm. And so the evolution for me was really going, um, and I'll say this in you know book two will be a, you know more like golden interior of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah like the it. actual so so the 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 morphosis from having to do something in order to access that is actually so you're requiring that bio you know uh, mechanical sort of uh, release of endorphins to get to the state of feeling that a bit euphoric which is seems a little bit like meditation but it's not quite the same as and so I would even do meditations, uh, the moving meditations when I was walking on, on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would get going and then I would imagine, you know, uh, love coming from my solar plexus and being this huge blast of light out to myself and to other people and it getting wider and wider and wider. Um, and I think that that had some, you know, affect for me on a, on a cellular level for healing things and for other people, definitely. Uh, as I've gotten, you know, a little further into the wellness journey and understanding more from more masters, there's, you know, Qigong is a moving meditation. So definitely meditation happens as we're moving. Um, the, the other masters, people can do healings in three to three or four minutes, uh, you know, or less. And to me, that the healing of themselves you know, healing mm. of other people, mm-hmm. that that's the next level of, of learning. And as we all know, we're growing and evolving and changing. And when we're curious, we learn more and more skills along the way. So we find that the things that we used to do, we don't necessarily need to do anymore because we become a higher, um, you know, uh, evolution of ourselves. Uh, and that when we keep seeking information or guidance or wisdom or knowing or understanding, then those things come to us. So that's what I found is that the things that I would have taught 20 years ago, I definitely do not uh, do not endorse or teach now. But I know that other people on their journey need to go through those things in order to get to the new doorway for themselves also. So I think that life's a journey and the people who come to real life training come because they know that we're doing something different than, you know, 
know, what they've maybe experienced in the past, which is, okay, I've gone to the gym, I've gone to the nutrition counselor, I've gone, you know, to several retreats, workshops, uh, seminars, uh, where we're doing all this, you know, other work that is, you know, sleep deprivation and, and you know, 52 processes. And, <laughs> and now right. I, I'm on, to the, that's not working anymore. I'm not finding yeah. self-love. I'm finding more work. I've got injuries. Uh, I feel worse about myself because I'm aging and I can't do all this other stuff that I used to be able to do. And now how do I actually take myself to the next level of love? Because it is an evolution. Yeah. No question about that. And, you know, clearly you have to be conscious about this and you have to make a considered serious effort at change and paying attention to these things. And and to be honest, that's what ev- uh, evades most people because they're too wrapped up in their busy lives. But you do talk about some really interesting things, particularly the practical aspects of this. So when we come back for this last segment of Master Your Life, we'll talk about some pragmatic things that listeners can do to help improve their appreciation of themselves. If you've been searching for fat loss and mental clarity in one place... Think ketosis. Maybe you've heard about a ketogenic diet but have been totally turned off by the painstaking effort to do it. Well, agonize no longer because there is a solution. What could be just as simple and easy as taking your daily vitamins? Visit reallifetraining.expert to find out. Raise your hand and get in on the front end of the total wellness revolution. Get well, manage your mood, clear your mind. Visit reallifetraining.expert now. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. You are tuned in to Master Your Life. To reach Leah Mattinson or her guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Leah. That's L-E-A-H-A at changeyourlife.expert. Now, back to Master Your Life. Welcome back to Master Your Life. I'm Leah Mattinson along with my co-host, Dr. Howard Rankin. And today we're talking about how to tap into more authentic 
self-love. And this segment, we're going to focus in what are the pragmatics or the things that we do day to day to um, really focus in on growing love for ourselves and a deeper understanding of ourselves and the evolution of how we bring that uh, love and joy that we came into this world with out to the rest of the world. (laughs) So, Howard, you talked a little bit in the last break about that you exercise and that through exercise Um, You also do some meditation. Are there other things that you do in your day, pragmatically, that people could um, look at doing? Um, Well, I certainly pay a lot of attention to nutrition and what I eat. Um, And that definitely has got better over the years, for sure. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not quite at the, uh, you know, superstar vegetarian level, but I'm, I'm pretty close. Um, a typical breakfast for me, we were talking with our great studio engineer, A-Rod, about this um, at the break. A typical breakfast for me is some um, steel cut oats with as many things that end in berry as possible in it. Typically, it's uh, blueberries, strawberries, raspberries. Um, for lunch, um, I t- typically have some uh, vegetables, maybe broccoli, what have you, with some some reasonable food like maybe hummus or something like that and then we've got a lot better at dinner time um in cooking a medley of vegetables in really steaming them stir frying them steaming them in, in olive oil a little bit of olive oil and just either having them on their own or with fish sometimes with with chicken um and really trying to cut back the soda or oh, i haven't had a soda in a long while um the candy the candies um and the sugar you know i was raised in england and everything was chocolate 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 and and so you know i've had to work hard at at giving up some of that stuff you know right right so nutrition i think is really a big part because without going too far off track here nutrition is the fuel for your brain and your body it's not just about calories it's the nutri it's the quality fuel you're giving your brain and your body and if you care about yourself you would want to give yourself the best fuel and energy that you can give and and a lot of that comes from nutrition and again most people don't think of that they just think of food as either things they like or don't like or calories and it's way more than that yeah and it's and it's uh, the quality fuel thing i too um think that the big Uh, Because I grew up on a farm, I didn't really think about how important it was, Uh, but we just didn't have any, like there was no, you know, there was no genetically modified food. There was none of that. Everything was organic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So so to me, it's been this kind of the coming back, uh, you know, back to the ranch lifestyle and we do really garden our, we grow our own garden um, and we raise our own uh, uh, meat. Uh, So we still, I still follow a ketogenic meal plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, for 90% of the time. And then outside of that, I take uh, exogenous ketones, which we also have available at Real Life Training if people are interested in that. And and because, um, and I've not been, had a really any kind of a problem with the sugary stuff, but we eat everything in, in balance. I think now there's a big push to eating what is actually grown in your area. Uh, so that there's people that are, you know, the 100 mile chef sort of thing. You, you, you know, you eat what you grow locally versus that you eat 
uh, tropical things or any of that stuff. So that's kind of where we're at. But I think that's all a learning process. Um, but staying staying in the organic side of things and the non-GMO side of things, definitely uh, there's you know been major studies on fertility problems for people, all kinds of other side effects of all the food that we're ingesting. And it can be really confusing uh, for people. So uh, I think getting you know good credible information is important. And look at look at what's grown locally and grown without spray and and try some of that first and get rid of the things like, uh, Red Bull, just kidding. <laughs> I just had to put that in there. Red Bull's going to be suing me now. Sorry, Red Bull. <laughs> we might have to edit that out. <laughs> just, just the, you know, like the things that we use to prop ourselves up uh, throughout the day. And, and then coming back to the, the habits, uh, wh- one of the things that we talked about before the break was just the, the time that people do or don't have. And the other thing I hear constantly people say is that it's very hard and a serious effort to do this stuff. And that is also how we have trained ourselves to think about this. Uh, and I would just invite people to think about that this journey could be really comfortable and effortless. Like, think about it differently. It's comfortable and effortless to go to my fridge and get out what, you know, and just ask myself a question, is this for me or is it not for me? And if you're really honest with yourself and you just listen for a second, it will say, yeah, you should eat that. Or no, actually, you really don't even like that. You're just filling yourself up with stuff because you're bored. And, and so it's, those are really simple things and they're not complex. It's a simple yeah. thing. Right. And if you right. resist the resist the temptation for 20 minutes, the, the temptation goes away. So go find yep. something to go. Go for a walk. You, you know, and the other big lifestyle thing in terms of creating time is I didn't realize how much TV other people watch mm-hmm. and how little I watch in comparison. We literally have our TV turned off for the entire summer. Like we don't even have it on. Mm-hmm. And we would not have it on at all if we didn't have a 15 year old home still. Um, mm-hmm. But for the winter time, we have it on so that she can be somehow still connected culturally <laughs> to people, yep. right? But we yep. literally don't watch any TV, like nothing. Yep. Yeah, and in fact, there's several studies. One, I'm thinking of a big study in Australia that showed that people who watched four hours or more TV had like triple the mortality rate of people who watched less than two hours a day. So, so watching t- watching you know hours of hours of TV is related to death. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is. The, I mean, the data is quite clear uh, yeah. th- that you know sitting watching TV is a is a killer. If you watch yes. it, you know, four hour, an average of four hours a day, um, for many reasons. Uh, but but I, I agree that sort of inactivity. That and is thinking, how how does the anything that you're watching make you feel more love for yourself? <laughs> like if you if you watch almost anything, it's about how any of the commercials about how you. You're not good enough, how you need some medication and the side effects of the medication. And then you're, or if you're even watching most TV, it's about competing, winning, surviving, um, beating somebody else. You're not smart enough because you couldn't answer whatever question. Like it's all of this false, like it's not even real. It's like a total Hmm. false fabricated um, experience. So mm-hmm. when you get you turn the TV off, how do you actually feel? Do you feel enlivened and excited, or do you feel drained and like 
Boy, that's exhausting. And I even see that it's, when people are on Facebook right before bed or, yeah, and, you know, it, or it, whatever it is. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting um, that you say that because uh, actually something happened last night. I didn't see it, but my wife saw it. And uh, she just had the TV on as background noise. And I think the show is America's Got Talent. And one of these things was a guy who was really a daredevil stunt rider who said, you know, I can fly, I can ride my bike and jump over a helicopter that's got rotating, you know. And, um, and so they, apparently they all went out and watched this guy do this daredevil jump over the... And my wife said to me, where's the talent in that? That's not really talent, is it? You know, it's bravado. It's... Maybe it's courage, I'm not sure. Maybe it's eager to, whatever it is, but there isn't any talent in that. And I thought that was really, you know, a very interesting position to take. You know, she did not find it entertaining or any talent there at all. It was sensational, or, right. or at least meant to be. And yeah. talent doesn't have to be sensational. Yeah, and I don't know that much of that stuff leads to to you actually feeling better about yourself. <laughs> well, think, it probably makes well, you feel like I'm, a, I feel great about- I'm, I'm an idiot because I can't, I don't drive a motorbike and I can't even, I don't even drive one, let alone jump over a helicopter. Yikes. Right. And, so, and so we watch that stuff right before we go to bed. And how, so then how's our, how's my sleep hygiene? Well, I'm going to bed thinking, holy, like all these thoughts, what an idiot. Why did I? I, you know, what, what's the use of this guy on the earth? And all, so none of it's positive towards him and <laughs> none of it's positive uh-huh. towards ourselves because we haven't been able to get the five minutes of fame that this <laughs> guy did. You know, so, so we go to bed in this very weird state. It's not peaceful. And I see this when, uh, when I coach people around sleep hygiene is I say, well, what's the last things that you do before you go to bed? Well, I check mm-hmm. Facebook or I check yeah. whatever my email messages. I'm like, oh, my Lord, what? You the, no like this your room your room shouldn't even your room shouldn't even have a TV in it your no bedroom question. shouldn't have a TV in it Absolutely. you should have an hour of no screen in fact if you look neurologically the blue screen trick that is on most uh, devices uh-huh. now is meant uh-huh. to wire like to fire your brain up yep so people are chronically sleep deprived the the quality of their sleep is terrible how can you possibly love yourself if you're not getting a good Sleep, that is where all your work happens. When you Mm. go to sleep is actually when things in your life change because you are, it's the closest you are ever to death. The only thing, (laughs) the difference between death and that is that you're snoring. Uh, But all of your healing, all of your healing happens when you're sleeping. All of the, all of the solution generation happens when you're sleeping, when you're actually out of this conscious, always thinking state. And, And we give a lot of glory to thinking uh, mm. I'm going to tell you that most of your good work does not happen while you're thinking. You're thinking. Most of yep. your offside stuff, um, mm-hmm. delusional right. stuff, bad decisions happen when you when you think you're in control. So sleep yep. is so important. Yep. And uh, so turning off all of those devices, get into bed. If you're sleeping with somebody, make love. Um, good mm-hmm. love, not, you know, resentful, I don't want to touch you love, but <laughs> be sleeping <laughs> with a good partner and enjoy that experience and you know expressively um have a great sleep and wake up in a in a good state yeah and then (laughs) the sleep data is just unbelievable really um i'm familiar with it uh hopefully we we might be able to get uh uh, this gentleman on he's a harvard expert on sleep um, but doing some stuff with him and the, the data is incredible 
5% of people, when surveyed, admit that they had been drowsy or fallen asleep while driving in the last 30 days. And that's the people who would admit it. Absolutely. 5%. Yes. Yeah. Um, I have a friend that's an, a, a police officer and what they're trained. So this, and this would be probably 15 years ago, is the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Mm. And they said 40% of people were impaired driving and that was not including alcohol, alcohol. anytime during that's the right. day. Yep. Anytime during the day. And yep. that was before people were texting. Right. So, yep. so people who want to experience more joy, more self-love, like the ability to love yourself and not feel recrimination and not feel regret and not feel guilt or shame or any of those things, have a good sleep. They get up and they have a good morning routine. This uh, is worldwide. Any anybody who's successful in their life has good morning habits. Uh, whether that's having a great breakfast usually it's meditating of some kind whether that's five Mm -hmm. minutes or ten minutes it doesn't need to be an hour um and and practice they practice good mental hygiene like they don't allow negative stuff to come in and that means that they have good friends uh that they have created businesses or business relationships where they work with people they enjoy uh for you know most of the time so there's not big there's not big conflict People can not agree, but there's not, you know, uh, what we see on TV, which is, you know, the, the, you know, people getting railed against and they're, mm-hmm. they're idiots right. and they're stupid mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. Like that's not people who are, are experiencing a lot of joy and happiness in their life, cultivate a life that they are surrounded by people and things that they do that create monumental amounts of joy and happiness internally. And they have great morning routines and great nighttime routines. That's and what I you, see. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and if you do have love for yourself and you look at the world through that lens, you know, you might disagree with people. You might be surprised by people, but you're not going to be judgmental. You're not going to get really mad at them. You're not going to go off the deep end. You know, that's, that's what that lens of love for yourself and others does. It takes mm-hmm. away all the stress and all the nonsense that goes with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And the and I, that the self-love means that you can say no to things and uh, mm-hmm. say, no, that's not for me. And no, I'm not going to be able to do that today. And you have good boundaries. And you also get to say yes to more things uh, because you create time for the things that you really want in your life. And so, again, if you're you know interested in finding out any more about any of these things or if you're just ha- struggling with you know the day-to-day challenges of of, well, I'm not even sleeping right now. <laughs> that uh, you know, come to real life training. Drop us a, a message, and uh, we'll definitely get back to you and see if there's some information or strategy that we can share. Um, you know, that will help you to get more grounded so that you can make more of these self-loving decisions. But the journey to self-love, it it should be comfortable and effortless. Like you should find love within yourself to be a comfortable place to be, not a stressful place to be, and it shouldn't be hard work. It might take a little bit of adjustment and tweaking to get to um, create time to do that, but the time doesn't need to be hours and hours and hours a day. In fact, when you have really good love for yourself, sometimes that takes five minutes of your day because you're so full of love for yourself that you have lots of time to love other people and lots of energy to love other people. Uh, and you don't need to escape by going to work, and you don't need to escape by going to the gym for five hours, and you know, which is sometimes just a tactic to get away from 
<laughs> things versus right, right. you know that you're really fully enjoying your life. Right. And and again that that website is reallifetraining.com. Yes, sir. Okay, reallifetraining.com um to take advantage of, of Lear and her wonderful programs. And, uh, you know, this is a theme that we perhaps don't articulate every time we have a guest or do a show, but it's certainly there as an underpinning for us because I think certainly you and, you know, I certainly try to put that into my life because I think it's important and interestingly, day. So join us next time on Master Your Life. Thank you for being a part of our show today. Master Your Life with Leah Mattinson can be heard every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go enjoy your successful life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.